Books are more than words on a page. They are windows to new worlds, mirrors of our experiences, and tools for learning and growing. Join occupational therapist Lisa Fedorchuk as she shares awesome books from her collection and how she uses books to teach, share, and inspire readers of all abilities. Stay tuned. It's time for Key Talks. Today, we have the awesome, amazing, surprising, beautiful, powerful Lisa Fedorchuk joining us today to talk about all things books, <laughs> which we're super excited about. Um, Lisa is, to me, a wealth of knowledge um, and a, a wealth of, she's a resource wizard, <laughs> in my opinion. Like if you need to know the resource or the book or the link to something to help you know more, Lisa's the person to go to. So um, it's really, I feel like, our honor and pleasure to invite Lisa Fedorcha out to join Ooh. us <laughs> and talk about all things books. All right. We'll let her get on her earphones and settle in. Awesome. Thank you for the introduction, Paula. You're welcome. Lovely. Happy to be here. Resource Excited. wizard. Yes. Hashtag. Yes. <laughs> I, I think that was one of our other coaches who came up with that term. Okay. And it has it stuck. It has stuck. I will embrace it. You embrace yeah. it because it, it is a truth of, of your awesomeness and what you what you share with our team. So um, in the introduction, we didn't necessarily share that Lisa is an occupational therapist and a coach here at Key Creative. She's been practicing um, with Key Creative for four, almost four years. Almost four, four years. Yeah. yeah. Oh, and gosh, we're so blessed and grateful to have you. Um, and so we wanted to invite her here to, to share a little bit about children's books and how you use them in your practice. But first, can you tell us a little bit about your role as an occupational therapist and coach with Key Creative? Yeah. Okay. So um, first, uh, funny story, I still have not figured out my elevator pitch for what a pediatric occupational therapist does okay. because we are so mm. diverse in what we support mm -hmm. families families in. Um yeah, I've been at Key Creative for almost four years. Mm -hmm. Work with little ones, age three to seventeen, turning eighteen. Mm -hmm. um, I work with kids and families in their homes, yeah. school setting, yeah. um, and a really, really wide variety of uh, areas of need. Whether that's yeah. uh, food repertoire, toileting, mental health, mm. uh, all of the above. Cool. Thanks for sharing that. So what would you say are some of the biggest challenges you see with uh, some of the clients that we work with? I think sometimes it can be access of information to mm. be very on, mm -hmm. on brand with the theme today. Mm -hmm. um, and it's a double-edged sword. There's so much information out there yeah. that how do you know what you should latch on to. Mm -hmm. So parents can feel very overwhelmed. Mm -hmm. um, so I think we're pretty lucky in our role to help guide them, collaborate with them and just figure out what suits their, their needs the best. I appreciate that because as a mother of two and two little ones um, and one who's now in the school system, like there's a lot that comes at you and a lot of information and newsletters and emails coming in about different things. And so, uh, you know, 
then when you have different challenges that are on top of that, it can be extremely overwhelming. So to know that we have um, people on our team that are able to like streamline and find like the golden nuggets of information or knowledge or, or the books that will help, you know, create aha moments, um, I think is such a gift that we give to our families. And I always feel so grateful to, to be a part of what we give to, to our clients. So, so thank you on behalf yeah, absolutely. of everyone. So tell us about how you bring books into your practice. Yeah. Um, I think over time, since I graduated from, um, OT school is it just kind of happened naturally. I quite enjoyed being able to have very tangible things that I can mm. um, bring into families' homes or schools and, and show. And what I realized was children's books can really help to give the wording so mm. families or teachers or others don't have to figure it all out, mm. whether that's, well, how do I talk to my kid about the fact that they are autistic mm. or well, they're worried to even see an orange or fruit in the same room as them. Mm-hmm. What, what's a smaller step than mm-hmm. that? Mm-hmm. Um, so by being able to have books that can share the message or mm-hmm. show representation has been really great. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to jump right in there yeah. with that. So you brought up autism and mm-hmm. then eating. Yeah. So for those listeners or viewers who um, may have a child or are working with children with autism or who are autistic, what do you have any books uh, for, that are on the table or any that you would suggest or recommend and maybe why? Yeah, absolutely. Um, so on the first topic mm-hmm. about just autism and mm-hmm. um, neurodivergence and neurodiversity. Yeah. Um, so I guess I'll kind of start with defining those terms yes, because please. for some people they may have heard of them, some, some others n- not so much. Um, as we know, there's lots of different brains in the world, right? Mm -hmm. And so neurodiversity has become a term that's being more and more talked about, that it just describes the fact that there's a lot of different types of brains Mm -hmm. and and, and that's normal. Mm -hmm. Um, And neurodivergence Mm -hmm. um, kind of being not um, what is considered to be, quote, neurotypical. Mm -hmm. Um, So whether someone has an ADHD brain um, or OCD brain or is autistic, Mm that would likely be categorized under neuro neurodivergent. Okay. Is there a um, book for that? Sure is. <laughs> um, and this one that I'm pulling up right now, it's called The Brain Forest. Okay. Um, and it was actually written by a child psychologist okay. um, who is autistic and ADHD mm-hmm. herself. Mm-hmm. Um, so I love when there's books that actually, A, have representation mm-hmm. and are written by those with lived experience. Mm-hmm. I think that's so much more powerful than us. Assuming. Oh, yes, totally. Um, and it kind of gives the analogy that there's different trees mm-hmm. in the forest, right? And even delves into the fact that you can have uh, like a dual diagnosis. You can be autistic and mm-hmm. have ADHD mm-hmm. as well. Um, so that's definitely one that I've gravitated towards. Um, another one is called All About Me. Mm-hmm. Um And I actually have it on loan to a family right now, so I don't have it here to show. Um, But that's that's a great way to talk about autism as well. Um, Different books for different age groups. Um, A Different Sort of Normal um, by Abigail Balfe is written from the perspective of a 
like a teen autistic. So that girl. looks a little bit thicker. Mm -hmm. Like that looks like it's a heavier content. Sure what is there a is. different age group for for these two books, for example? Absolutely. This would, three? Yeah. this would definitely be more uh, preteen, teen. Okay. Um, adults as well. Yeah. Um, one upside to these books, I I really love and lots of these books is it gives an introduction to the information for mm -hmm. the adults okay. in, in the child's mm -hmm. life. Mm -hmm. um, it makes it very accessible. Mm -hmm. It sort of teaches them before they're teaching their children. For sure. Yeah, kind of being the example. So the, the next one you talked about um, a little earlier was the feeding. Mm -hmm. Can you tell us a little bit more about those types of books and how you use them? Yeah. Yeah. So we... Us as occupational therapists um, in the pediatric world, the kiddo mm -hmm. world, um, sometimes we support families to navigate food repertoire, right? So sometimes kiddos um, have a lot of sensory sensitivities or challenges with um, breaking outside of just the a, a very limited diet. And mm -hmm. again, we're always wanting to meet kids where they're at. Mm -hmm. We never want to force them to eat, to eat something, right? So mm -hmm. it's really what are what are just some tools to be able to talk about stuff and they'll do it when they're ready. I want to say whoops because I find <laughs> that I, I might be forcing my kids a little bit too much. <laughs> You're and, not leaving the table until your carrots are eaten. Yeah. <laughs> well, and I think back to, yeah, everything changes generation yeah. to generation, yeah, right? Yeah, for sure, for sure. Yeah. Okay, so do you so, have some books that you can, yeah. Yeah. can, I, I can bring these over? Yeah. I use right. here. You guys, for the for the people who are listening and can't see this be, this table uh, with all of these awesome books on it, um, it looks pretty cool. Like <laughs> we have all the children's books you can imagine uh, on this table, and Lisa had set them out in themes. So what we can talk a little bit more about the different themes that that you have too, but. Um, yeah, show us some of these feeding books that that you use in your practice. Yeah, so um, uh, a humorous favorite of mine is called Vegetables in Underwear. Okay. Um, <laughs> that would be very kid appealing, yes. right? Like yes. underwear and poop. You, you're, <laughs> you're, the, the kids are hooked. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I, I think a really big theme of children's books um, and how I use it in my practice is just destigmatizing mm -hmm. topics and, mm. and things. I love that. So injecting humor and making it fun and silly yeah. so it's not serious and, and pressure and expectations being put on them. And that intimidating, usually, right? Yeah. 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 That usually usually can create steps backwards. Yeah. So, um, definitely vegetables and underwear is a great okay. uh, and funny so one there. And so are you able to tell, like, is there a, an excerpt or <laughs> like something you could read from? The, I mean, I'm, I'm intrigued. Maybe I need to just pick it up after after we talk. But so I'll, I'll kind of just describe it. Yeah. It, it, it yeah. just says um, like, I wear underwear, you wear underwear, we all wear underwear. Um, there's big underwear, there's little underwear, dirty underwear, clean underwear. It just it just is. Yeah. Um, so there's celery wearing underwear, there's potatoes, there's radishes, you name it. It's in there. And how does it bring it bring it back to encouraging? Like, what what's the outcome of this book? Yeah. yeah. So for <laughs> for some kids, mm -hmm. um, let's say even just seeing a vegetable on their plate okay. can feel like a demand or an expectation. Yeah. And it can just have such a negative association. And so okay. by just being able to do pretend play with food or read a silly book, um, I found that that can kind uh, of carry over to shifting it away okay. from just negative. Yeah. 
maybe a little bit more neutral. Ah, so it's sort of like an exposure to a more positive way of seeing vegetables, for yeah. example. I love that. And I think like a, one of the great things that OOTs do, occupational therapists do, is like, and, and correct me if I'm wrong, if I'm not using the right terms, but just that exposure therapy in a way of like, you know, getting people um, comfortable at different stages of connecting with whether it's um, feeding or whatever else it might be that they might be adverse to. So yeah, yeah. that's, that's cool. Any others that you want to, to highlight there? Um, I think maybe I'd highlight there's one, it's not even, it doesn't even have any pictures of food. Okay. But it's, I've definitely used it in a feeding yeah. setting. Yeah. Uh, whose teeth are these? And it's just a bunch um, of flip pages of different animals, whether it's a walrus or a shark or a monkey. Um, and that can just be talked about in terms of maybe we have a little dry snack and we're mm -hmm. having the flip page mm -hmm. crunch the snack mm -hmm. on the page. Um, mm -hmm. So again, super play-based, low pressure. Um, and then maybe the next step is I have a little dinosaur puppet or an animal yeah. puppet. And then he's taking bites or maybe he just wants to smell it or maybe he wants to stay further away and just look at it and that's okay too it sounds fun it sounds yeah. like I want to be part of that <laughs> that well, session with you yeah. as well <laughs> so something I wanted to say so um I think like as a parent we often think or I I think sometimes like with the food that like I was saying your you OTs are good at the exposure but a lot of times we jump to steps ahead of you know, like the first step of reading a book, it's just a reminder that like getting your kids to eat more doesn't have to start with food. Absolutely. Like, it can yeah. start with a book. Yeah. And that could be the first step is just reading a book. And that's, I think what, you know, that, that, uh, what we mean by that exposure therapy is that you're starting with something that may not be directly, um, it is related, but it's not directly the thing, yeah. right? It's adjacent. So, yeah, adjacent. Yeah, it's, it's adjacent. adjacent. Thank yeah. you, Lisa. Yeah. Well, yeah. and I think, I don't know if you think about how many of us maybe grew up is, oh, just taking a bite. That's a small step. Mm -hmm. But that's a really, really, really big step. Yeah, that's a really big, that's a really big step. That's a really big step. And so um, giving a food a little kiss, right? Mm. Or just smelling it yeah. or just having it on your plate or looking at it across the room. Those are... Mm -hmm. smaller steps or reading a book. Yeah. And, and those all book. seem like things that like traditionally people don't necessarily think about right away because like, mm -hmm. you know, as parents, they'll think, Hey, I need to just make sure that my kid is eating and stuff like that. And so like kind of invoking that play, invoking those different things really kind of makes it more accessible to them. Whereas like a lot of things like of, you know, the differences between behaving and behaviors and stuff like that, where it's like, you know, these are things that really can help your kid have fun and enjoy, invoke that joy when, you know, there might be that terror over broccoli or something like yeah. that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And knowing how to play. Yeah. It's hard, right? Adults, we forget it. Mm -hmm. um, Especially when you're at the dinner table and you're hoping for the outcome that everything on the plate is eaten. And if you haven't taken maybe those first steps of reading a book or doing something playful with the food, it sometimes can be hard to get to that end result. For sure. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I know in my practice, like also books, I've been doing more clinical work lately and... Um, my reliance on books has been enormous. Uh, the amount that I use a book to like start a, start a program or a treatment or an intervention or introduce a strategy, um, it's just been such a key 
yeah. <laughs> a key piece of my of my practice. So I just appreciate books so much in that way. Um, and I know you do too. So yeah. you we're talking about, uh, we have some different themes. What other themes do you have? Yeah. Tell us more about well, these, these themes in your practice. For sure. I think first I'll kind of uh, expand a little bit on what you yeah. just said. Yeah. Um, how it, books can be such an easy thing to grab yeah. too, right? And it doesn't have to be the whole book. Mm. Sometimes it's just one page mm. or two pages um, just to help introduce the concept. And then it can sometimes be left with the family to mull over a little bit more. Mm -hmm. Or it doesn't have to be anything complicated. Mm. It can just be a visual representation yeah. of stuff too. Thanks for sharing that, Lisa. I think that's so important. Again, like I feel it doesn't have to, it's not all or nothing, yep. right? It doesn't have to be all or nothing. So even just putting the, like, I am awesome. Like even just seeing that as a visual reminder or that phrase to build confidence, like that can be enough to just start a conversation, right? Absolutely. So that's cool. Again, digestible, like yeah. easy and digestible yeah. way of taking in content in mm -hmm. that way. And adapting the language too. Mm. there's a lot of these books that if I were to read them word for word, mm -hmm. it would only be a good fit for a very, very, very small mm -hmm. um, percentage of my clients. Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. So you can really adapt it to whether in your practice or, or with your child or your students, how can I make sure that this information is mm -hmm. accessible for them? Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Okay. Themes. Yeah, tell themes. us themes. themes. Yeah. We have um, them sort of bunched together. Yeah. yeah. And there's so much crossover between yeah. lots of these books yeah. as well. Mm -hmm. um, so tricky to make concrete themes, but we did our best. Mm -hmm. um, emotions obviously mm -hmm. can be um, a big thing mm -hmm. for adults. It's hard for little ones. It's hard, harder. Um, mm -hmm. So I have some books here. Um, First, I'm going to define interoception because that yes, really relates please. to emotions. Um, interoception um, is kind of the ability uh, to pick up on those internal body cues and mm. signals. Um, so that could be, how do I know when I'm hungry or thirsty, right? Mm -hmm. Does your tummy rumble? Do you feel a parched throat? Mm -hmm. Or maybe you feel thirst in your brain because you always get a headache when you're mm. thirsty. Mm -hmm. um, really ties into emotions too. How do mm. we know that we feel mad, that we feel sad? Um, and it's so different for everyone. So I love that there's more and more books out there that are delving into sensation words yeah. and how emotions feel for the individual as opposed mm. to just mad means a volcano is bursting out of your head, like the cartoons. <laughs> yeah. There's uh, a little more to it than that. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, you have one of my favorites there. Yeah, it's lovely. In my heart. In my heart. Yeah. Um, and... Yeah, so this one, this one is great. Um, Give some language in terms mm -hmm. of what what different emotions can feel like. And it's such a beautiful book. Like mm -hmm. I'm definitely attracted to to beautiful color. Oh, okay. <laughs> can you <Guilty>. tell? <laughs> I'm actually. Hey, I got you know just some laid back black today. Do whatever you my, want. My, my, my poppy, my poppy colored necklace, but uh, pop of color. I should say it's not poppies anyway. <laughs> but it is such a beautiful book and. I think like, you know, sometimes like it may not be the content that's attracting the person, but sometimes just that visual. And if that can be a way to engage them, then why not? And this uh, book is definitely a fun, engaging, engaging book in that way. Absolutely. Yeah. There's uh for those who can't see it, uh, each page is a heart yeah. um, and it's a rainbow heart and the hearts get smaller and smaller 
smaller. Yeah. So it's a beautiful kind of 3D yeah. effect as you flip through. Yeah. yeah. And the other thing I like about it is that it's not too heavy on the words. Like it gives enough content in it, but not too much that a child can't take it in. Um, I know I read that one to my daughter, Lena, she's five. And I think I, I was reading it to her because I had bought it before she was born for myself. And now I share it with her. And I feel like she's just starting to get the content, but we've been reading it, you know, for at least two or three years. Um, and Well, five years. Um, and a part of it was first just the visual, and now it's much more than that. So, yeah. Beautiful, yeah. yeah. Um, another kind of introception mm -hmm. sensation focused mm -hmm. book that I use quite a bit. Uh, it's called Listening to My Body um, by Gabby Garcia. And this one, um, I definitely do in smaller chunks. Okay. Just because of the word, the amount of words. Yeah. Um, but it does such a beautiful job of validating different emotions and different sensations and really encouraging you to pinpoint and try to identify or pick up on those. Um, and there's great little practice uh, okay. challenges at the bottom of a lot of pages. So like, let's practice. Place your hand on your belly. Yeah. Take 10 deep breaths. Notice your belly as it moves in and out with each breath. How does your belly feel? Soft, relaxed, tight, something else. Mm. So it helps to give that experiential learning mm -hmm. too. And that's really worked into the, the book. I love that. I have to say, so this book, when I, uh, I think Googled, when you Google like um, uh, self-regulation mm -hmm. or things like that, this book comes up. It's one of the first books that I find comes up. And I did find it a little bit intimidating in terms of like the number of words and that content. So I love how you said that you actually use it in like sometimes chunks. just in chunks. And so again, that's a good reminder that it doesn't have to be all or nothing that you can maybe flip to a page and then work from there with that book. This one's listening to, to my body. And, and I do know that it, it is one that's used quite a bit mm -hmm. um, in different settings and working with children and, and also just in the home library. So yeah. 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 Cool. Do smaller chunks. Smaller, smaller chunks. chunks with Two those pages. Books. That's fine. That's yeah. reading. That's a book. Yeah. yeah. You know, yeah. Okay. I'm not I'm hung up on this, moments. but I, yeah, I'm at home sometimes, like doing not well, when I'm. Let's put it this way: when I'm doing bedtime routine, sometimes I start to get really anxious because I'm like, then it's gonna be book time. Which I, I mean, I'm sorry, I'm just being honest here. Like that's also a really great time, but it's also can be an overwhelming time because I'm like, oh, how long is this book gonna be? Like I'm ready to get my child in bed. Like I don't want it to be too long. Yeah. And I feel like if I start it, I have to finish mm. it. But I think that that is like we're that's learning okay. that does not have to be true. Yeah. I can read part of it. And then, you know, save the rest. And maybe I just have to work on like setting the right expectations for mm -hmm. my child <laughs> that we're not going to necessarily read the whole thing. But anyway, it just maybe they get to pick reminder. out which sticky note color to put for oh, the bookmark. That's fun. Or we hear that right tip. There. Yeah. <laughs> we can sticky note it with colored post its. Add in choice. Yeah, Add in choice. I love Throw it. Throw a sticker on the sticker on yeah. the sticky note. Cool. So Lisa's the one who introduced my daughter to stick buddies. <laughs> Unrelated, but do do you want to share the story? Yeah, and I think uh, that lends to 
I don't know, the, the topic of creativity okay. um, and thinking outside of the box because yeah. it was something just that was come up with uh, on the fly. Yeah. We were in Canmore yep. two years ago. Two years so ago. Two years ago for our company retreat. Key creative retreat. Yeah. And we'll always go on a little hike in yeah. the mountains. And you were leading and us on this one, right? I think you Maybe. brought us out to this one. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> Happy to. Yeah. And uh, I think Lena was having a little bit more of a struggle with yeah. keeping up, keeping with the group yeah. and yeah. yeah, smaller legs. That's yeah. fair. Yeah. And, uh, wanting to explore and look at this thing and that thing. And yeah. I remember they were like, come on, like we get to go. Like, we gotta, come on, hurry up, hurry up. Um, yeah. I think I just literally grabbed a stick. Me like, want to be stick buddies? Yes. I can hold this side. You can hold that side. She's like, yeah. And now, yeah. And it's, it's stuck. stuck. Like yeah. it's that, so that was at least two years ago. Wow. And she brings it up to this day will be out on a hike or a walk and she'll grab a stick and say, let's be stick buddies. So it's just a reminder of how meaningful that was, but how taking the time um, to be creative and mm -hmm. playful instead of like trying to dominate and push <laughs> can be so powerful. And like Lisa, and I think there was, maybe it was coach Wendy as well. You guys both took mm -hmm. Lena and she just skipped along and yeah. had the best time and She's been a stick buddy ever, ever since. since. <laughs> I think it's a great example of of meeting meeting a kid where they're uh, at, right? Yeah. I think she was really wanting that independence. I don't yeah. want to be close. Yes. People close by. Well, this will give distance. Yes. Yeah. That's what I thought when I didn't know the whole stick buddy story. I thought it was because it's like, oh, I don't want to hold mom's hand the whole time. Uh. Mm -hmm. But like the stick mm -hmm. is the distance, but you're still like kind of holding. Oh, you're still together. Yeah. You're still together. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it was so cool. I, it was it was one of those. Um, kind of magic little moments, I think, for her and and also for me to see just how awesome our team is and kind and patient um, and playful and fun. So anyway, mm -hmm. creativity. And, yeah. Yeah. and so I think you never know what will, what will mm -hmm. stick, mm -hmm. right? <laughs> no, no pun intended. <laughs> oh, groans. We love puns here. Yeah. <laughs> puns and are key to our success. <laughs> <laughs> And that's what I love about books too, is yeah. it doesn't have to be like di direct teaching mm -hmm. either. It can be very indirect. You're, you're planting seeds, they'll water it when they're ready. Mm -hmm. um, and that can go for representation mm -hmm. being big too. Um, I'll segue yeah. into yeah. this one book, which I bring out quite a bit. This is so fun because I always love learning about new books. Bodies Are Cool. Well, Bodies Are Cool by Tyler Fetter. Okay, tell us um, more. It has all the representation you mm. can hope for. Um, so each kind of duo of pages generally has a theme. Um, so maybe one theme is about different skin skin tones one is about uh like body hair leg hair armpit mm -hmm. hair fuzzy lip and chin hair brows meet in the middle hair bodies are cool yeah and like come on let's normalize yeah. that like there's hair in different yeah. places and we don't have to pluck it all off all yeah. the time <laughs> right like a little bit of liberation here yeah <laughs> i and love that it so just cool does such mm. a such a great job where it shows scars or or mm. stretch marks or limb I've seen differences like like prosthetics or yeah. insulin pump yeah 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 yep. um 
And I think it's so powerful for kids to be able to see themselves in books. Mm -hmm. Um, So I've really loved this as a very intensive example of representation. Um, This one will be going in my library. I'm going to have to uh, write down that that title. Yeah. Author, yeah. Yeah. Um, I'll I'll share a quick story. Um, I had a client Mm -hmm. and starting to have some thoughts around body image Mm -hmm. issues. And I brought out this book and it was really interesting that a bunch responses to some of the pages was, ew, gross. I don't want to look at that. Ew, gross. And so I think even from an initial kind of, I don't know, information gathering or figuring out where their brain is at and how they're perceiving the world and maybe themselves too, um, it was really powerful to be able to use a book because they were uncomfortable seeing larger bodies in the book. And if that's how potential reaction is to a picture, that's going to be hard for themselves. Right. And Mm -hmm. so that's, that's, that's tough. Oh, that's so tough. And, um, thank you for sharing that. It, It really actually moves me and gives me chills through my body. And I feel like books like these, um, are so important. And I know we know that, but for the very reason that two weeks ago, and we see this every day, but here's just a straight up example. And we're going to get deep here, but, uh, and, or maybe I should say not to get too deep, but also let's be real. Like I'm at a campground. I go into the bathroom with my five-year-old daughter and my two-year-old son. And the first picture we see is an ad with a person holding their uh, belly fat, squeezing it and saying, you can get this removed. Uh, here's how, like, call this number to get it removed. I just I had was, gross chills happen. <laughs> tell me about it. I actually was in tears. And, like, yeah. then I go into the bathroom stall, and the next thing I see is an advertisement with someone with, like, a bit of um, skin under their chin, and then it being pulled back. Like, you can come get your the skin removed under your chin. I'm like, I was just enraged. <laughs> Whoever came in next had an earful from me. <laughs> just like appalled. And I know we have this, but I think it uh, bringing in a different level of awareness of its impact when you have your children with you. And they're like, what's this picture about? Like, what is it saying? And I, in that moment, I feel like I didn't have the words I was after able to sort of explain, you know, my feelings and my thoughts Mm -hmm. and, and sort of what's out there in our world. But we see so much of that every day in the bathroom at a golf course. Um, Then I'm driving the next, let's say the next week, and there's a huge billboard, you know, advertising that the anti-aging. And again, like I'm not going to make judgments here or there, except for myself trying to be a woman who's embracing her age and how she looks and continuously being told that I should dim that wrinkle or eliminate that or like suck myself in. Um, and again, I just want to say there's no judgment for anyone who makes that choices uh, for or against, except for myself. I mm-hmm. felt so saddened that that's we're continuously telling ourselves to change mm-hmm. constantly, not telling or being told <laughs> that we should change. Okay, so now, <laughs> where's breathing is my superpower? We there can we talk about that. Like deep breath, right? Because it does take composure, especially when you're then trying to, you know, help your children understand 
what messages are coming out there. So thank you. Who's this mm-hmm. author? Let's Tyler do it. Tyler Fetter. Thank you, yeah. Tyler Fetter, for your book and your message um, that bodies can look all different shapes and sizes, not even just bodies, like facial hair. Um, I don't know, like your skin under your chin yeah. or like balding spots bald, balding yeah. spots like come on like oh, what I, are we doing to ourselves oh, here? i know and the pressure and the, there's generational things like for me i like i had to like re, like set a boundary with my mom where she was like picking at the back i'm like i don't care you mm-hmm. know what i mean like it's 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 something that's there but you know something that you that i think was really powerful and what you kind of touched on that really lends to that conversation we were having before is you know it's not just general literacy it's it's become media literacy and one of those things is really navigating the the nature of like advertising literacy like in what we get exposed to because another thing is watching videos or seeing these ads that are literally designed to like get grab our attention really quickly and then try to change our behavior mm-hmm. to buy their product mm-hmm. and whatnot. And a big thing that becomes the role of caregivers, of parents, is being that person who explains media literacy. And you, you, you took it upon yourself in that situation to really educate your children. Mm-hmm. And, you know, like, it's one of those things we can have all these books that are great, but sometimes the only tool you have is, like, identifying that's not normal. That's not in the sense of, you know, yes, there's some people who have that concern, but that's mm-hmm. not something that should make you feel the lesser. That's not something mm-hmm. that should influence how you feel about your body. Mm-hmm. And so whether it's from a book or whether it's from a parent, it's that literacy, the yeah. media literacy that really does, you know, play such an important role in, in shaping those young minds mm-hmm. and, and really helping them with healthy behaviors. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Thanks for sharing that, Mike. Yeah. And maybe that's uh we can elaborate on this topic mm-hmm. in another episode. But so grateful for for these types of books um, that are sharing these messages, uh, in contrary to some of the other stuff we're mm-hmm. seeing, like you said, in media and and other outlets like that and channels, social media too. I mean, talk yeah. about the impact the negative impact it's having on people's body images. However, I will say there are some strong body image advocates on social media who are coming out with a force and it is so, well, I'm going to say awesome with making sure that I acknowledge awesome, meaning like amazing, surprising, beautiful, and so, so powerful. So very grateful for that. Um, Okay. Little tangent, but thank you. Thank you for sharing that one. Yeah. So I have a few books in front of me. One I actually use quite a bit, um, somewhat related to the body um, positivity or, or body neutrality mm. uh, concept. Mm. Uh, it's called Captain Snout and the Ooh. Superpower Questions. Okay. Um, it was written by, I believe he's a child psychiatrist, mm-hmm. um, Dr. Daniel Amen. Um, and it's very related to mental health and the whole concept is... Uh, that there are ANTS. ANTS uh, stands for automatic negative thoughts. Mm. So we all have them. They pop up into our heads. Um, We can't stop them from coming in, but we can start to learn different tools on how we respond Mm. to the ANTS. Um, So it's a really, really playful book that uh, that kind of describes uh, a bunch of siblings and they really, really want to uh, buy a puppy. 
Mm-hmm. And their parents said they can buy a puppy, uh, but only if they earn enough money. Mm-hmm. And so they had this car wash and then all of a sudden it's not going so great. So they're saying things like, this is the worst car wash ever. And like, it's your fault. Um, we'll never get our puppy. All of those kind of absolute uh, statements. And then of course, Captain Snout, who uh, obviously is an anteater, um, <laughs> <laughs> flies in. Um, and he just kind of helps <laughs> to coach the kids and introduce them to the concept that um, thoughts are just thoughts. Um, and we mm. can, yeah, explore different ways to combat the different that's like ants. CBT put it into is, a it children's is, it is CBT cognitive behavioral therapy so Beautiful. cognitive distortions uh, I love it kind of same thing as that is another one I will add to my shelf automatic negative thoughts it's pretty mm-hmm. it's pretty they are rodeo so ants you name it what age group is this one would you say do you or what age do you use it with for example and um, the, yeah yeah so I've probably used it. Maybe as young as like seven. Okay. Um, depending on the child. Mm-hmm. Maybe six in terms of picking and choosing. Yeah. Um, and then I've also used it with teens. Yeah. Um, I think that's one thing that I've loved about books is mm-hmm. that it doesn't just have to be limited to the younger age groups. Yes. I use, yes. I use these with like teen girls, totally adolescent boys even. And yep. again, picking and choosing um, and how you present it to mm-hmm. um, can go a long way of like, okay, okay, this is kind of like a kid's book. But like, oh yeah, I've, I've used it for other like guys like older than you. Yeah. And I think they kind of liked it. Yeah. You up for it? Let's try it. Um, so it can be really powerful yeah. across age groups. You're very skilled at being able to introduce things I feel with clients and very mm-hmm. creative in the way that you're able to engage your clients mm. as well, um, which is definitely a skill set of yours, but also something we can all learn to do. And I love that idea that um, and thought that children's books aren't just for children. And I was mm. sort of speaking about that before you came out, that I tend to just enjoy reading children's books. Me too. <laughs> I was laughing to myself. Um, small side story, if mm-hmm. I may. Yes. Um, yeah, I used to love reading when I was a kid yeah um and would just blow through the novels and then I think it was just as as school demands got harder and harder in university Mm -hmm. that kind of love of reading started Mm -hmm. to dwindle because reading meant like homework reading meant more intense type of learning um and not so much for joy and so uh I'm I'm still trying to work on where where that fits in for me mm-hmm. in terms of adult reading, but mm-hmm. obviously children's books mm-hmm. totally up my alley. Mm-hmm. Um, my partner and I will play board games a lot. There's this one board game where the rule says the person who finished a book last gets to go first. So it's always a debate of like, okay, do children's books count? <laughs> then that would be me. Yes, yes, <laughs> so yes, they do. And yeah. I love the other message you shared that. Um, or comment you made that the messages tend to be universal, right? Mm-hmm. So that it doesn't matter the age, right? Well, and that's uh, that's something I think there's another book that Key Creative has that is very much yeah. along those lines, which is My Name is Trauma. Like, yeah. you know, look at like w- with John, with his trauma work with Massey and stuff mm-hmm. like that, with mm-hmm. the... 
And, uh, you know, you can see that it doesn't just apply to being a children's book. It can be something where like the allegory of a tiger as trauma Mm -hmm. is something that really becomes profound in a way of understanding that internalized feeling that Mm -hmm. is an intangible otherwise. Mm -hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. Yeah. Thank, thank you for sharing that. I feel like with my name is trauma, um, that's where I saw probably the greatest success myself, like firsthand, um, of my peers or colleagues, um, or other professionals reading it and being like, wow, I relate to that, or that just helped me understand what's going on for me. So, you know, and I've seen that with the children, but a lot with, with adults too. So, um, I love books that can do that (laughs) as an adult who loves reading, um, Children, I mean, when we say children's books, maybe it needs to be called something else, but <laughs> children's books. Maybe like, they're just yeah. books. Just books. Just, just books. books. Yeah. <laughs> um, and My Name is Trauma, um, obviously definitely use that in my yeah. practice Thanks, and Lisa. Um, reminds me a lot of uh, a, a very similar yeah. book, or this book reminds me a lot of My Name is Trauma. Um, it's called Hey Warrior mm-hmm. uh, by Karen Young. And... Similarly to My Name is Trauma, where mm-hmm. there's kind of that um, metaphor of trauma the tiger, mm-hmm. right? And he's he's trying to protect you. He's doing his best, right? Mm-hmm. Um, with Hey Warrior, this is targeted more on anxiety, mm-hmm. specifically in terms of the wording. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's this little fluffy character warrior guy. Um, and when I bought the book, uh, I have it in front of me here. It's actually a little stuffy, oh, um, so cute. intended to be the amygdala. Oh, so, yes. yeah. Yeah. Um, and I think that goes back to making concepts more accessible. Yeah. Right. You're like, yeah. The amygdala, like, Oh, what? Yeah. <laughs> um, and, and so, that we're talking about that now yeah. in elementary schools, right. And helping kids understand that. Yeah. So important. Yeah. And so by books like this, being able to talk about like, hey, you have this part of your brain, mm-hmm. right? Um, and he's kind of like a, a superhero and you can give him a name if you want. Um, I had a client who decided that his name was Connor McDavid. So <laughs> <laughs> the stuffy I have in front of me, he is named Connor McDavid. Um, Hello, Connor. You look much smaller in right? person. Yeah. <laughs> How many points are you going to get this year? <laughs> <laughs> He's not responding. Um, And again, it just opens up the conversation Mm -hmm. and make something be more tangible and a great Mm -hmm. example and can, and can talk about it more. So I've had quite a few clients resonate with this and I show up the next time they're like, look, we have our own and they have the bigger (laughs) stuffy than me. I'm like, you beat me. (laughs) (laughs) There's bigger sizes you can get. Okay. Mm -hmm. Isn't there a whole series? Does this uh, author have a series of of I, books about, I believe they yeah. do. I think they have one um, similar to kind of like positive affirmations. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, but this is the only one that I have in my library. And who's the author of this one? Karen Young. Karen Young. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, I apologize if for some of the other books earlier I didn't uh, mention all mm-hmm. the Maybe we author can names. jot them down. Um, names of the yeah. books and authors. Yeah. Yeah. We'll do that for our listeners. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, okay. Any other themes or books you want to point out or I'll chat just kind of let you know to some of the main themes. I know yes. we've talked about a lot of books so yeah. far. Yeah. Um, resiliency mm-hmm. and problem solving and persistence and grit um, mm-hmm. can definitely be a great theme. Uh, this one called The Magical Yet. Mm. Um, 
great for kind of shifting that language of like, I can't, like mm-hmm. I can't, I can't yet. Mm-hmm. This little kind of yet. sparkly sprite. Yeah. Um, so I've definitely had some kids draw out their own little magical yet. Mm. We decorate it with glitter mm-hmm. um, in a very safe contained space so that <laughs> no one gets mad for glitter being everywhere because that's a problem. Um, yeah. What do you do with a problem? Um, written by Kobe Yamada is a beautifully illustrated book um, and is really great for that that persistence mm. theme, um, especially has resonated with adolescence for mm-hmm. sure. Um, some other themes of the books in front of me, definitely some fine motor tactile mm-hmm. themes, okay. whether it's the, the textured bumpy books um, or the tracing mm-hmm. books uh, where it is more tactile and you're kind of getting to follow along. Yeah. Um, great foundational fine motor skill development there. Uh, zipper book, a little shark that oh, there, his okay. mouth zips <laughs> and unzips. <laughs> so again, practicing different skills can be through books mm-hmm. too. Um, and can be a great way for kids to just kind of explore independently too, yeah. without as much pressure. Mm-hmm. Um, Have you heard of the color monster? I think so, but I don't. It's a great, uh, it, we kind of passed the theme, but it's about emotions too. And just as you're talking about like interactive books, it is quite like they went all out in creating the pop-ups and mm-hmm. uh, different like character displays that come up when you turn pages. Uh, it's a great book about emotions and how to sort of manage and regulate them. Also, it just came to my mind, the color monster. Awesome. Yeah. Awesome. Fun one. Um, some other regulation books, breathing ones, mm-hmm. um, breathing is my superpower by, uh, Alicia Ortego is great. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm a Peaceful Goldfish <laughs> by uh, Shoshana Chaim and Laurie Joy Smith. Yeah. Um, Sometimes I Feel Like a Fox by Danielle. Danielle Daniel um, is also really, really great. Um, other themes I have are all related to toileting. Mm-hmm. Lots of poop books. I see what your poop says about you. I took a little look at that one earlier. Again, I think of like my children five and two and poop and pee are like a hot topic in our household. So. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I do end up working with quite a few kids, mm-hmm. um, whether it's initial potty training yeah. or challenges with constipation and or fear of public mm-hmm. bathrooms mm. um, or just being worried about the toilet in general. Yeah. Um, there's some great books out there that help to approach it in a playful way. Yeah. Um, and even some books, there's one, there's a series um, about Dash the Dog. And so um, it's a little border collie and there's one that is completely written about that he's fearful of like public toilets. And so mm. he's in the grocery store and he's like, no, mom, I don't have to go, even though he's spinning in circles. Mm-hmm. And he goes in and then he's scared of the, the paw dryer, the yes. hand dryer, yeah. which is also a very real yeah. experience for, yeah. for lots of our kids. Um, I can relate to being scared of some of those public toilets for sure. Is there? Do, do you have one of those yeah. books yeah. there? Which one was that? I feel like that's a very real thing as like act as an active generation um, taking our kids here and there and, you know, going to the wash. You never know when that's sort of going to set in. Right. And some of these washrooms can be challenging to navigate and having yeah. our kids, you know, on board with that, mm-hmm. you know, can be a real challenge, too. So, yeah. yeah. Um, or kids worried about uh, or kids withholding 
at Mm -hmm. school, right? So being too fearful of the school bathroom Mm -hmm. to to go, right? And then that kind of just really, really contributes into that good old constipation Mm -hmm. carousel and ongoing challenges. So Dash's Potty Problems Mm -hmm. by Wendy Hayden is great. Um, There's one on Dash's Potty Accidents, um, destigmatizing that accidents happen, okay, right? Yeah. Keeping very neutral with that. Dash's mm-hmm. belly ache um, for kids who can't or won't poop. Mm-hmm. Um, and he'll go to the vet and get special medicine. Mm-hmm. Um, and Dash decides going potty is awesome. And that's about uh, potty anxiety. Mm-hmm. So that's lovely. Um, hmm. From Chewing to Pooing mm-hmm. by Lauren Geringer with Dr. Natalie Geringer. Um looks more just at what is what happens like how, how, how does yeah. poop happen yeah, yeah, yeah. right you eat and uh it goes down and and so sometimes just learning about anatomy and digestion there's a great um this is a random shout out to dr binox on youtube <laughs> he is a, a little character who looks similar to one of those in that book um, who knows all things sciences and bodies and illness and flus. And um, he talks about body digestion and how you go through, how your body does the whole process of digesting. Um, so that was, that, that's a good one. And the other one I'm thinking that's not uh, a book or literature, but Daniel Tiger. And um, we were just watching episodes on going to the washroom and at school. So <laughs> that's one's on Netflix. <laughs> and actually, uh, to segue from mm-hmm. like on YouTube and mm-hmm. that digital literacy yeah, piece, yeah. um, that there's a lot of these books read aloud on mm. YouTube. Um, I know Deanna was kind of mentioning earlier about the public library, mm-hmm. which is amazing. And we're very, very lucky here in Edmonton. Mm-hmm. Um, and then sometimes the, the act of like going to go get the book and then return the book. Like that can be a lot of steps, especially if um, there is a lot of uh, overwhelm and juggling that families are doing already. Mm -hmm. Um, So I think that's a a really great uh, part of books that sometimes we forget about Mm -hmm. that sometimes we can just Google it. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Yeah. And that's okay too. And that's okay too. Yeah. Yeah. And sometimes it's like a, like a legitimate version of it. Sometimes it's just someone who's like kind of gone and they've put it out there and there's a lot of resources there that, you know, you just have to, to reach out to find it, whether, whether it's one by the author or someone else. And it lets you kind of just have fun with it. Right. Mm -hmm. I can think of, I can think of one YouTube one. It's about going to sleep that Samuel L. Jackson does, but I can't say the title. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So I think that's some of the, so you have one of my favorites here. Mm -hmm. It's still popped up here. I have a guess. Yeah. Beautiful. Oops. I came across this book many, many years ago, maybe 2000, 12, I guess that's what, is that many, many, many years ago, 2012. And I know I shared it with our key creative team. I think I was saying 2014 at one of our key creative retreats and then gifted it to my whole family. My daughter has a copy. My son has a copy. I have a copy in my, in my office downstairs. I love it. I'd love to know more about how you use it. Yeah. Um, and where you came across this one. Um, so beautiful oops is by mm-hmm. Barney Salzberg. Mm-hmm. Um, in terms of the question of where or how I came across yeah. it, um, I'll, I'll do one, one plug for sure. Um, there's a fantastic website. It's called, um, not an autism mom, and mm-hmm. they have all these book lists of like a hundred plus books, um, 
for like neurodivergence and mm-hmm. inclusivity and for teens and adolescents awesome. who are autistic. And um, they have such great big list there. So okay. through there, um, there's fantastic Instagram accounts too mm-hmm. that makes it very accessible for discovering yeah. books. So yeah. probably one of those. Okay. Um, Wonderful. So this book is, um, for me, I find that it kind of focuses on being okay with things being messy. Mm-hmm. Um, sometimes for our kids, uh, anxiety around not having things perfect um, or that flexibility piece can yeah. be really, really tough. Mm-hmm. Um, and so this book does a great job of demonstrating that things that are messy can be really awesome. Yeah. So whether it's a, a coffee mug stain on the counter has the potential to look like a little frog, yeah, things like that. So yeah. um, in my practice, I've kind of taken some of the pages as inspiration for activities, mm. whether it's just um, you're going to close your eyes and do a random scribble mm-hmm. and then, okay, what can we turn this into? Mm. Um, or tear up a sheet of paper yeah. and then what could that look like? Yeah, um, yeah. Yeah, I love creative. it. I love how you use that. I think that's that's so great in incorporating those activities with it. Another way that I know I've used it too is um, normalizing, validating, or helping my children understand that mistakes are okay and that something good can be created from them or something can be learned mm-hmm. from them. Mm-hmm. And so I find this book really good for that teaching as well um and i'll see lena sometimes say like oh it's okay mom like i'll I'll be the one who's like oh no and she's like mama it's a beautiful oops it's okay (laughs) yeah and i'm like okay good reminder (laughs) thank you (laughs) thank you beautiful oops yeah yeah Yeah, Yeah. and it's i remember the first time i read it i i said to john this is a book that I want to, like, if I could be the author of any book, I want it to be this one. And now, since I am awesome, it would be I am awesome. <laughs> but yeah, such a wonderful, playful book and and so well done in terms of its uh, creativity and uh, how they put it together. So, yeah. Yeah. How do you engage your clients into, into the stories or into the books when you're in a session with them? Yeah, so... Um, just like with adults, books aren't for everyone or there's different levels of, uh, exposure to them and whether it's, is inherently exciting or not. Um, I've done some different, different approaches, whether it's making sure to integrate what they like, their interests that might just be, they like Paw Patrol. So I'm just going to bring a Paw Patrol book and they just get to flip through it for two seconds. Okay. We're on to the next thing. Cool. Mm -hmm. Um, or it might be more of that turn-taking, so they get to be the one to hold the book or mm. they get to be the one to turn the pages or I turn one page, they, they mm-hmm. turn the next. Mm-hmm. Um, some books, like uh, What Do You Do With a Problem? There's little uh, Easter eggs in each page. Oh. So there's a bird uh, on every single page or nice. there's a couple different. And yeah. so f- the kid gets the excitement of actually yes. finding all of them on yes. every single page. Um, something else I've done is letting the child be the videographer. Mm-hmm. So they get to have, hold the phone and they get to take a video while I'm reading the book. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's been really 
engaging and yeah. exciting for them. And empowering. Yeah. Yeah. Empowering for them to sort of step up and, you know, take on that role. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. Yeah. And then if, if it's on the parent's phone, mm-hmm. then they have a, a copy of the book that they can watch yeah. back later cool. yeah. and read again together. So. Yeah. yeah. Casey, again, more like tips and tricks that I feel like I could um, use just myself in my book reading with, with my children. So thank you for those. There's different Video record ways. it. Video yeah. record yeah. it. <laughs> um, so you have another one of my favorites mm-hmm. on the table here. Um, the Invisible String. Mm-hmm. Um, I bought this one for Lena when she was born. Um, and it's been a really beloved one in our beloved. What does beloved mean? Am I saying that properly? Yeah. <laughs> Moving yeah. along. Yeah. Beloved mm-hmm. book in our, in our household, um, in many ways, but I, I'd love to know how you use this one in your practice and, and how and why. Yeah, for yeah. sure. Um, yeah. So the invisible string by Patrice Karst, um, is a beautiful book. I've used it a lot for, kiddos that maybe struggle with being away from, from others, whether that's, um, their parents, uh, or siblings or guardians. Um, it touches a lot on the topics of connection, Mm -hmm. um, and attachment, Mm -hmm. um, and essentially the concept that even if someone isn't right there next to us, we're still connected. Mm -hmm. There's that invisible string. Mm -hmm. Um, they could be on top of a mountain and we're at home or they could, be up in space and we're down here and, mm-hmm. and that string can't be broken. Yeah. Um, so it's been a beautiful way to introduce that connection yeah. concept. I think for me, the way I've recently used it is Lena. I, I, Lena is a, in this episode <laughs> a, a lot. She's a star. Um, she went to kinder. This is her first year of kindergarten and I have been reading this book to her a lot, but uh, it was a good reminder, you know, that we have our invisible string. Like we're always connected by love, no matter where we are. And so that, that book definitely has set the foundation for sending my kids Braulio to daycare or Linda, Lena to kindergarten. Um, yeah. And then you introduced me to recently, uh, for my clinical practice, a workbook. There's a workbook. <laughs> so you don't have to think of all the you activities yourself. Yes. <laughs> They've done that work for you. <laughs> oh my gosh. So yes, I've also purchased this workbook. Yeah. Can you tell us a little bit about it? Yeah. So it's just called the Invisible String Workbook mm-hmm. um, by the same author. Yeah. Um, and they just have a bunch of uh, activities yeah. and bonus cards. Um, so you, again, you don't have to think of, well, okay, I have this book and we're talking about the concepts, but how do I connect that to other parts yeah. of their life and what now, how to, yeah. how to make that learning experiential again. Yeah. Right. Um, similar with the beautiful oops mm-hmm. book that we talked about, how mm-hmm. do you go one step further? Um, so this is fantastic workbook for that. Um, there's actually some other great books similar to like that workbook kind of theme where mm-hmm. they've done some of the work for you. Um, now maps yeah, is one about a uh, tween's guide, um, learning all about like thoughts, emotions, things like that. Mm-hmm. Um, there's another great series, uh, the, th- uh, called what to do when you, um, and this one that I have in my hand is what to, what to do when you don't want to be apart. Um, mm-hmm. and a lot of these tend to have, whether it's CBT, cognitive behavioral therapy mm. type concepts or other mental yeah. health um, therapeutic concepts integrated. And I think this is great for 
parents and teachers that maybe they don't have access to uh, an occupational therapist or a psychologist, but it's written by a reputable source that they can kind of mm-hmm. go through it in small chunks, mm-hmm. have the words written there for them mm-hmm. um, and activities to do. I think that's great that there's books out there. Yeah. Like I love now maps, just going mm-hmm. back to this one. Um, and I, I'd say that it says on the front, but it's, yeah, navigating big emotions and being a confident kid, but being aware of your emotions and your feelings and the basic concept that I've really in, uh, gravitated to and use in my life with my clients, with my family is the, the pause button mm-hmm. <laughs> and just remembering to pause yeah. before I respond. So, um, Daniel Siegel says, you know, well, we can either react or we can respond. Reacting's when we haven't taken a moment to think about what we're feeling. Uh, you know, what's our environment that may be causing the feeling? And so bringing more consciousness to, you know, what what's going on for us. Um, and so we often just react, right? And so he talks about taking a moment to pause. Think about what you're feeling or be aware, create awareness, mm-hmm. Uh, think about what's maybe impacting it so you can then respond. (laughs) The first step is noticing. The first step is noticing. Yeah. So that, this has been, um, a really, again, key pun intended (laughs) book, uh, as a parent, but, and, and also as a, as a clinician and just remembering the pause and helping create awareness around that so that people can make what does some one mother say? I think make smart choices. Yeah. <laughs> Let's make smart choices. <laughs> we can all learn more. Yes, we can all yeah. learn more. Lisa, thank you for being here today. Oh my goodness. Yeah. So many books. Thanks for letting me bring my most of my library. Yeah. Yes. This isn't even all of the table. <laughs> <laughs> Just amazing. Deanna, any final comments that you want to share? Uh, no, just, I, well, just to remember again that um, there's a lot of these books, like you said, have online like storytelling that's already been read. So sometimes parents will do that to sort of test a book before they buy it anyway. Yeah. Um, to me, there's, it's completely neutral whether or not you purchase a book or not, if you consume it by the library or consume it on YouTube, that kind of thing. Like the knowledge is what matters the most. Mm. Um. And the library does not have late fees here in Edmonton anymore. <laughs> so if you, can't, like, if you can't bring it back by September 25th, that's okay. Accessibility. <laughs> yeah. Yay. And let's just shout out to your t-shirt. Oh, yeah. 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 Accessibility is essential. Yeah. Love it. Yeah. It's a, a lovely, a lovely shirt with mm. a lot of uh, diversity and diversity. inclusion, whether it's uh, AAC device or guide dog. Invisible disabilities. Yeah. Good. Mm -hmm. Good stuff. Awesome. Um, So we'll be sure to uh, highlight some of what we, the books, uh, the authors, um, different information that we spoke about here uh, or included um, for our listeners, for our viewers. Thank you for joining us. Thank you, Lisa. You are awesome. And we'll see you guys next episode. Whooshing it out. Yes, whoosh it out. Key Talks is a project of Key Creative. We hope you found this episode informative, thought-provoking, and enjoyable. To learn more about the topics covered in this episode, visit our website at keycreative.com. 
That's qicreative.com. Don't forget to subscribe to our podcast on your favorite platform so you never miss an episode. And if you enjoyed this podcast, please consider leaving us a rating and review. It helps other people discover our show and lets us know what we're doing right. Thank you again for listening, and we'll see you next time.